Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Los Angeles. It's Friday. It's Friday. Hey. It's and Friday. And Emmy's weekend. Oh my god. <laughs> We're both like doing the shoulder. <laughs> I wish we were recording on Zoom. I know. <laughs> that would have been really fun. Yeah, in case you guys didn't know, the Emmys are happening and they're happening on Sunday. Did you see that Jimmy Kimmel said this is going to be a beautiful mess? No, I didn't. I mean, at least he's kind of reading the room. I, I, yeah. I would never want to host the Emmys this year. Jimmy Kimmel is, it, we need, I hope he's either drunk or has some co- other kind of accoutrement to help him through this. Yeah. Because it's going to be probably a complete disaster. Is it all going to be live streamed or is it pre-recorded any of it? So I was talking to Kelsey Dinahan. Are you, fa- you're familiar mm-hmm. with her, right? She, she's a with LaRock, right? Yes. Yeah. She's in a, she, we should have her on the show, by the way. For she has sure. incredible tips. She also works with people like Reese mm-hmm. um, and she does, you know, Kelsey Ballerini. Like she's very, very high up in the makeup artist world. Sure. And I was asking her, like, are you working on anybody for Emmys? And she's like, yes, I am. My my client is nominated, but not like she's not specifically nominated. But Kelsey was saying, I was like, can you give me some details? Like what is actually going to happen? And she said, I don't know. All I know is I have an all day hold because we don't know what my client is supposed to be doing. And it doesn't sound like there's anything pre-recorded because I think they juggled with the idea of, hey, let's have everybody that's nominated in each category give an acceptance speech. But then people were like, there's no way in hell I'm doing that because I don't need that footage somehow getting leaked if I don't win. That's weird. That's also just like feels like disingenuous because yeah, you don't get the actual live reaction of someone winning. It would be like lowering the Emmys and no shade to like the Kids' Choice Awards or like oh, totally. the MTV like the VMAs. <laughs> but like, yeah. you'd only show up to like the People's Choice Awards, yeah, if the you know you're American Music Awards, if you know you're going to win. That's why like some major artists like don't show up to these shows because it's like, well, I didn't win, so why would I go? Yeah. When it comes to the big four though, Golden Globes, Grammys, Emmys, and Oscars, they truly don't know. So that's why you see so many stars in one place at these award shows. It's just going to be so weird and it must be. It'll feel weird, I'm sure, for these celebrities to find out that they've won and they're like on their couch. (laughs) Well, that's what I was asking Kelsey. I'm like, what are they going to do? Are they going to be on their couches on a bar stool? Are they going to be standing? Are they is because Jimmy said we're going to try to make this the most, you know, excellent Emmys as best as we can within the comfort of your own home. Like people aren't going to a soundstage or a studio or an auditorium to to accept anything. I guess what'll happen is like everyone will be like, okay, it'll it's you know 
10, 15, 20 minutes until we announce the, your category. Like, position yourself, everyone, you know, do last minute touch ups. And then that's that's that. So, well, it'll be interesting. And like with all the technical difficulties, Wi-Fi issues, I just can't wait. <laughs> I just want to see Jennifer Aniston win because I just know there, she's going to be like flustered and like, oh, oh my God, wait, who? Jennifer Aniston. Oh. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay, is this is this working? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. What's going on? And like make some joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, this is our Emmys themed episode. And, you know, things are different. Times have changed. I personally love watching award shows. They kind of help me escape. But then at the same time, you know, when I was watching the VMAs, I'm like, the weekend is on a rooftop. And the way that they're filming this is literally all of the cameras were on helicopters. Yeah, it was so, I think it was so well done in that, it in the way that it was produced. Like, it was beautiful, mm-hmm. but... It didn't feel like an award show. No, it didn't. And so I think like, you know, especially with the Oscars coming up next year and the, you know, Dr. Fauci saying that we probably won't get back to normal until like third quarter of 2021. Like they kind of have to read the room and accommodate based on how we're actually living right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to have to figure something out. Our Emmys episode though is bomb. So good. Deserves an Emmy. And she actually might win one, okay? No, I was saying the interview itself, but absolutely <laughs> the guest. And and I'm saying that because of her, not because of us. Like, she's just... Oh, I'm saying that because of us, okay, Sarah. Fine. Come on. Well, Let's give us her... No, just kidding. Let's just go. kidding. Let's go uh, so Molly R. Stern is our guest today. We tease this at the end of Tuesday's episode. Molly is one of the most sought after and well-respected makeup artists in Hollywood. She is a true Glam Gelino, born and raised in LA. Her clientele loves her just as much as they love the work that she has done on them. And that is why she has been with some of her clients for you know, 15, 20 years. She has been around the block uh, with some of these people, including Reese Witherspoon, Cara Delevingne, Nicole Kidman, Maya Rudolph, and she has worked on some amazing campaigns like Bon Bon, Rimmel London, Elizabeth Arden. You know, her clients hire her to be the makeup artist for these big spokes campaigns that they do. She has created iconic beauty looks for the Met Gala. If you remember the camp themed uh, Met Gala, she did Cara Delevingne with this amazing rainbow stripe situation, literally hand painted these stripes on uh, Cara, which was incredible. And she's gonna... And then didn't she do Reese's, I mean, she does Reese all the time, but didn't she do Reese's look when she won her Oscar? Yes. So, I mean, she's a Just iconic looks. Iconic looks, looks that you remember from red carpets, from Met Galas, from magazine covers. Molly is also an ambassador for Armani Beauty. Sarah and I both love Armani Beauty. We are big fans of all of their products from Luminous Silk to their absolutely stunning lip products. And we've had many a FaceTime call with Molly to learn about new launches. So Molly works directly with the brand and certainly uses a lot of Armani Beauty when prepping her clients for television, film, or the red carpet. And we have her on. We wanted to do an Emmys episode, but Molly is nominated for an Emmy of her own. So she, 
you know, she's been working with these Emmy-nominated clients for years, and this is her second Emmy nomination. She was first nominated for Big Little Lies in 2017, and now she's nominated again for Big Little Lies, the second season. Incredible, incredible honor to be nominated twice. We're pulling for her. Although also Donnie Davey of Euphoria is also nominated and we're pulling for her as well. So just, I mean, categories stacked. Pulling for everyone, but I mean, the fact that Molly has been nominated twice just goes to show like how incredibly talented she is, both on the red carpet And, you know, um, doing TV and movie makeup because that's like a completely different beast, which she'll go go over and and tell us what what the difference is. But so exciting. Such a good interview. She has so many incredible stories like from, you know, her working at the Westfield Century City Mall before it became like, you know, this cool mall that it is today. And then her, you know, casual celebrity friends who I, I mean, Kirby still can't get over herself I believe (laughs) that Molly Stern is my baby Yoda godmother and she is gonna get me access to meet the baby Yoda animatronic (laughs) so I'm putting that into the world if Jon Favreau happens to listen to Los Angeles I am the biggest baby Yoda fan the child is my background on my phone please make this happen for me I like cry thinking about baby Yoda Okay. Anyways, y'all will understand what we're talking about once you listen to this interview. And before we get into this interview, I actually want to bring up something that Sarah and I are doing that is really cool. It is a new app that gives you the opportunity to do video calls with some experts. Somehow, Sarah and I have been tapped as experts for this app. I know, we're like, it's like Rachel Zoe and um, Monica Blunder. And then it's like, <laughs> Kirby and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Intro. And the way I kind of described it on my Instagram is it's like if Cameo, the app, met Masterclass. So you're able to book video calls for 15-minute increments. That'll, they'll probably get longer, but to start, it's 15 minutes. And you can ask any questions that you may have of these experts. So like if you wanted Rachel Zoe to like give you some fashion advice or there's interior designers that can help you organize your office, especially since we're spending so much time at home. There's astrologers. Yes, which I'm like really excited to do. Same. I'm booking an astrologer. They can read your chart and give you some advice. So maybe you're like, I'm struggling in work right now. They can look at your chart and say, okay, that's because, you know, Venus is in retrograde or whatever they're going to tell you. Yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, it's a genius app in general. Kudos to Rod who created it. But it's particularly genius for this astrology category because I feel like so many of us, would be interested in talking to an astrologer, but like, where do you go to find one, you know? Yeah, unless you're like, you know, a devout astrology follower on Instagram. Like I follow so many accounts, but I also think if you are listening and you're an astrologer, like you should definitely look into intro because this this app is like, I think gonna change the game for astrology. That's so funny that you said that because I told the same, I told Rod the same thing. I was like, uh yeah the astrology category is gonna just like blow up also the nutrition and wellness category is great 
Um, but yeah, I'm particularly excited also for our category because I think it is really cool to be able to, I mean, imagine being able to get, you know, advice from Rachel Zoe herself, you know, about like styling a special day or your closet or whatever. Yeah, so you can book us on intro. We have time slots available. Uh, we set our own schedule so people can go in, book the time slot of their choosing. 15 minutes goes by so fast. So I'm excited for them to like build this out later on so that we can add more time. Um, but it's also just like, it's super fun. It's like so, so, so much fun. And we would love to get to connect with you guys. So exactly. So um, that's intro. You can book us there. So Listen to the interview. Let us know what you think. Watch the Emmys on Sunday. Root for Molly. Root for, you know, happiness and um, a smooth run of show for Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, yes. So without further ado, please welcome Molly R. Stern to the podcast and enjoy the show. Molly R. Stern. Welcome to Los Angeles, lady. You're here. I've arrived. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. This is a huge, huge honor for us. So we're so glad you were able to make time. You're such a ball of sunshine. I I just, your little smile lights up a room. So we're ecstatic to have you, um, not only because of the amazing artist that you are and Um, the work that you have done and just really like the care that you give makeup but because this is our Emmys episode and one Molly R. Stern is nominated for an Emmy and this is not even your first nomination it's your second it is hello I am a I am a twice Emmy nominated makeup artist and it is a shock let me tell you it really truly is it's incredible. We are so happy for you. It could like every time I see your name in general on TV shows when the credits roll, I'm like, I think I every single time I take a picture and I post it on Instagram and I'm like, Molly, Molly, it's Molly. <laughs> I love it. It's so awesome. Yeah. Is that how you introduce yourself to people mm-hmm. now? Yes, only even to my children. When I tuck my children into bed at night and say, now say goodnight to your twice Emmy nominated mother, okay? <laughs> Kiss your Emmy nominated mother. No, I actually, I, I feel really kind of shy about it. Um, it's something that is so, like, happens to other people and have always, you know, it's like, especially my clients, like, that's who gets that type of accolade. Um so yeah, I don't, I don't introduce myself like that. Oh uh, my gosh. Well, you should obviously be so proud because what you do is, I mean, your work is incredible, like Kirby said, and should be celebrated. So thank you, ladies. We like to start off every episode with our guests by asking them, what's on, on your, your face? face? Oh yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk about one product that you're currently wearing that you're obsessed with, or if you want to give us the whole rundown, you can choose either. Okay. Um, let's see. I started with this new CBD oil that I'm obsessed with by um, St. Jane. St. Jane. Yeah. Yeah. I've been using it for like a week or two and I'm obsessed and I love the like glow that it gives my skin. So I'm very into that. Um, then I have the new uh, Giorgio Armani Foundation. Have you guys tried it? The Neo Nude foundation oh my god I've been wearing it all summer Uh, it is 
I am obsessed with it. I just had a meeting with them last week and I was like, this is, I am obsessed. I mean, obviously they're like always the winners in the foundation category, but I don't know. This one is right up my alley because I don't, I don't love foundation. I don't love it on myself. I don't love it on my clients. I like to use the least amount possible. And I feel like this like scratches the itch of like, it's more than a tinted moisturizer, but it's not heavy at all and just gives such a beautiful glow. So I love that. And then I've got a little bit of cheek on from a Tower 28. I love their West Coast bronzer because I'm West Coast. Yeah. Hey. hey. We're big Tower 28 fans. I love what they're doing over there. So that's on the cheek. And then I have... And Armani, let me just get it so I can be <laughs> accurate. 401, the Ecstasy Shine. Oh, yes. So I put just a little bit, quick blot, and then I grabbed a touch of that, and I added that to my cheeks also because I felt like I needed a little extra pop of color, not just the bronzy. I love a little lip-cheek combo. And then I have some Kamiko eyebrow pencil on because I can't go anywhere without a brow. And then I did put a couple coats of uh, my Armani mascara on the lashes. Molly, I think you hit the jackpot with being an Armani ambassador because all of the products are amazing. I mean, can you even imagine working with anybody else? Like the liquid silk foundation, I think I told the story a couple of episodes ago, but literally like... When I first bought it, I like saved all of my money when I was like a little lowly, you know, assistant. And then I took it home and then it rolled off my bathroom counter and shattered everywhere. Oh no. Oh no. And, and I was like, I was like trying to scoop it as like best as I could back into like the broken bottle. And then I bought another one. Yeah. I was like, listen, it's worth it. It's worth it. And then it when is. the liquid silk concealers came out, like I've been pretty much exclusively wearing those since. When did they came out in March or April? They came out recently, like beginning of pandemic. Yes. March or April, I think is correct. And I have been using those exclusively for coverage, just in general. Yeah. I'm a really, like you said, you're not a big foundation person. I used to be a big yeah. foundation person. And maybe this is something we can talk about. Like, as you get older, I think you want your skin to show through like you don't want to look like you're wearing a mask you want it to look very natural and elevated not so much like you just you know put your face on yeah exactly and so yeah. I feel like with concealer I can get coverage I need for like the melasma spots I have on my forehead and maybe my under eye but then I can kind of you know let the rest of my skin show through and feel like it's a more natural moment. You know what I mean? So by the way, that's exactly how I recommend that people wear, whether it's concealer or foundation or the combination of the true, the combination of the two is apply it only where you need it. Like these, this old fashioned idea of like, Oh, I need coverage from my hairline down to my nipples. Like it's, it's just gotta <laughs> go, you know, like, Gotta Ag go. Agree. Listen, take your skincare <laughs> down to your nips, but like for sure, maybe your decollete is from your neck to your nipples, and it should be moisturized as such. Agreed. Concealer, foundation. I to me, that's always been my preference is to like see the see the woman underneath it, and uh, no matter no matter the age. I mean, and I I think you know when we're younger, we like to wear a lot of makeup because it makes us look older, but that never goes away. Totally. So the more makeup we wear and pack on, the older we look. And obviously we know that we're all obsessed with like the fountain of youth and making sure that we 
look as young and fresh as we can, Mm -hmm. which is different conversation. (laughs) Totally. Is that difficult to maybe some of your, you obviously have these long lasting relationships with your clients, but maybe if you're working with someone new, having to convince them to like not wear as much foundation, because I can imagine that like for someone who's like on the red carpet or, you know, in front of these cameras, they want like a full coverage because they're scared. Yeah, I mean, that's a battle that I feel like, I mean, battle, I say lovingly, a, 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 a debate, I guess I have regularly, like it starts even with like a wedding makeup, where somebody's like, Oh, I'm having my photos taken. So therefore, I'm like, you want to look different in your photos than you actually look in your life. Like, I don't, you know, there are so many women that go and get their makeup done for their wedding. And then they look back, they're like, who is that in that picture? It doesn't look anything like the person who I am in my real life, who my person married, you know what I mean? Um, So yes, it's definitely um, something that takes a little bit of education and, and um, explaining where I'm coming from, from that. But at the end of the day, if if one of my ladies wants full coverage, I'm going to give them full coverage. I mean, my job there is to make them feel good. It's not about me feeling good. Um, So you know, I try to accommodate, but I also try to educate and say, you don't need all that. Like, let's see who, what, you know, your natural bits coming through. I love that you talk about, you know, making sure that your client feels their best because I have definitely, you know, been around and and worked with makeup artists that are applying makeup the way they want to apply it, which obviously as experts, I trust them, but like, I just don't like having a heavy black waterline under my eye I feel like it closes it up more than I would prefer I'd rather them use like a like a chocolatey brown underneath my my um you know bottom eyelashes to kind of open up the eye a little bit more and so you know like you feel honored that somebody's doing your makeup but at the same time you're like I just don't feel like me I don't feel like this is the best representation of me and how I normally look so there is a very delicate balance I think with being a professional makeup artist and giving those tips to people who trust you with their look but then also making sure they feel the best they can too it's like the hardest job in the world I mean it's it's um (laughs) I I don't know if it's the hardest job (laughs) okay well it's one of the hardest jobs in the world um, you know it's it's one of the most delicate jobs it's one of the most intimate jobs. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it that for sure. Um, you know, I think for me, the the route I've always tried to take is to really converse and listen, which you know is kind of a life lesson. Is really being engaged with the people that you're in front of, and um, listening to what my clients' needs are. And and you know, my first question is, okay, tell me what what do you love, and what you know, what do you not love. And, you know, then I, my, my intention and focus is always to bring out more what they love. So, you know, I'm like a focus on the positive type of person in general. And I find that when I go that route in my applications, um, I tend to get the best results. And, and again, like if someone's feeling like, oh, I'm feeling so tired or, you know, whatever, I had too much soy sauce last night. And so I'm feeling bloated or, you know, whatever (laughs) their human being issues are. I try to really nurture that and hear that and not be like, no, you don't need that. Or you're fine. You know, like it's just a long time ago, I really put my ego. I try to put my ego to the side when it comes to showing up for my clients because ultimately they're the ones that have to 
put themselves out there. They're the ones that have to have the confidence on the carpet or do the interview or play the performance, whatever, whatever role I'm playing in their day. And I just want to be supportive of them and, and encourage them to, to be their best. And so me having my own beauty agenda in any of those scenarios really, you know, if it's a fashion shoot and there's like some sort of creative inspiration that has collaboratively been determined, that's a different story than yes, please be a model and sit there and let me, you know, do something crazy. But the majority of my business is making regular people, you know, making people feel like their best version of themselves. And in that situation, I think you just, you have to hear what someone wants or needs. So you have an incredible client list and your career, so many accolades and people within the industry, your fellow makeup artists, the people you work with, like hairstylists and nail artists, they all deeply respect you and the work that you do. I want to go back to the beginning and hear about Molly Stern and, and here, you know, did you always want to be a makeup artist? Did you fall into this career? And then I do want to bring up something that Maya Rudolph brought up at the Variety and Armani dinner ahead of, I believe it was the Oscars or the Golden Globes. I can't remember which one, but she told this amazing story about how long your friendship has been. I remember like turning to Sheeran and going, oh my God, I had no idea. This is such a heartwarming story. The beginning is a very long time ago. There were, I think there were still dinosaurs um, on the earth, which is amazing because, <laughs> you know, we know that was a long time. Stop. No, but honestly, it started when I was 16. Um, I walked by a Shuemura beauty boutique and um, there was one in Century City for those Angelinos out there. It does not exist anymore, unfortunately. But I, I had always loved playing with makeup. I mean, I guess I have to go back even earlier than that. My mother was and still is kind of a beauty junkie. Like I'll, I'll go to her house and I'll open her beauty drawer and she has like stuff that she's bought. I'm like, are you nuts? Like I have a full... Sephora in my house, basically. Like, are you insane? I for sure have something you're looking for. Oh, you want to try something new? No problem. I've got, you know, I'm so lucky. Everybody sends me everything to try. But she's still like, no, she's got to purchase it for herself. She's a nut. My mom is the same way. It drives me nuts. It's crazy. I just was at her house the other day. I opened a drawer. She had like these little, I had never seen them. They were very cute. Like little milk makeup things. I was like, why? Why? Why do you? Wow, she's so hip. <laughs> she's very, always has been. So she would like go into the department store and like buy the whole prescriptives line or buy the whole Estee Lauder line or whatever was hip at the time. And then she'd get over it and she'd give it all to me. And I, I do have a sister, but she's 10 years older than me. So she moved out of the house when I was seven. She was 17. She was a wild, wild woman back then. <laughs> and um, so I kind of spent a lot of time by myself. And I spent a lot of time playing with makeup in the mirror and like, you know, tearing out fashion magazines and collaging my walls. And I loved beauty and I loved fashion and I loved supermodels. And I was just like into that whole thing. And then I was walking by the Shuemura boutique when I was 16 and it looked like I was with my boyfriend. I was wearing a vintage dress that I had bought on Melrose at Aardvarks. Also not there anymore. For oh, the, dang it. For the elderly Angelinos that are listening. <laughs> and, um, it was like a vintage 40s dress. And we walked by, I was with my boyfriend. He was a horrible boyfriend, but we walked by um, 
and it looked like a candy store. Like it, it was so pristine. And, you know, if you don't know Shuemura, Google it because it's the, the holy grail of beauty. And um, it just was this pristine toy store, but all beauty. And it, it looked like an art store meets a toy store meets like a candy shop. It was just like, what the heck is going on in there? And so I went in to try to find a lipstick to match my dress. And um, I met this woman, Millie Kendall, who is still in my life to this day. She's um, on the British Beauty Council in England. She's like amazing. And I was like, so how do you know, how do you work here? What is it? I want to work here. And she's like, oh, well, we hire you and we train you. And I was like, I want, I want a job here. And I got a job. And that's how it started. Damn, girl, you went after it and you got it. I, 16. <laughs> Holy crap. I love, yeah. this is what I love about you. Like you are Los Angeles. Like you are shouting out things that are from Los Angeles's past. Like you're a quintessential glam Jolino. So I, we, I truly am born we, and raised. We love it so much. So <laughs> you get this job and what happens there? Like you decide, okay, this is something I want to transition into. Like, did you even know that people could do makeup for celebrities and editorials or what? I mean, you know, I grew up here. So I always compare my path to like growing up in a coal mining town. Like everybody who grows up in a coal mining town, most people end up working in the coal mine. So I knew that, you know, my dad was an attorney in the music business. So I was around celebrityism before celebrityism okay. was like, you know, what it is today. Um, so I, I knew that it was a path. I was actually really interested in special effects makeup when I was younger. I thought that was really interesting and cool. I never, never got there on the, that apprenticeship. Um, I kind of got my feet stuck in beauty. You know, it just, it was an evolution, a natural evolution. Like I, I had finished high school a couple of years later. Um, still working at Shuemura the whole time. I stayed there the whole time. And then I went abroad. I went to Israel for, I was going to study in Israel for a year, but that was at the time when they were having Saddam Hussein was in power. And so they were like, here's your gas mask, put it under your bed just in case. And I was like, yeah. hello, I'd like to make a collect call to my mother. Please get me out of here. I was so freaked out. Get me the hell out of here. So I was supposed to be gone for a year. I ended up only being gone for three months. And when I came back, I, I went right away to get my job back. I wanted my job back and they were wonderful and gave it to me. But I had to share shifts with this new girl that they had hired, aka Jillian Dempsey, Fink at the time. So, uh, ha, ha, ho. so I was like, Oh my God, I love this story. Yeah. This is so cute. This so is at major. 18, I was like, Oh, so you're the new girl. And she's like, Oh, you're the old girl, you know, and we became fast, fast worshipers of each other. And um, still to this day, I feel super indebted and in love with Jillian. She's one of my nearest and dearest. And um, yeah, she, so she was a few years ahead of me career wise and age wise. And she, ultimately convinced me to go to hair school to get a trait, you know, to get a cosmetology license. I was like, I don't want to do hair. I want to do, you know, I like makeup. She's like, yeah, makeup's great. Totally. And, and if you're lucky to get a job doing makeup, that'll be great. She's like, but hair is freedom. Having a trade is freedom. So she really, and, and my parents had always, um, 
encouraged me to figure out how could I support myself? You know, make sure you can support yourself. Make sure you're not leaning on your partner to support you or your parents to support you or anybody. You know, be able to feed yourself. And so then Jill echoing that of like, you know, you can go anywhere in the world, not even speak the language and, you know, kind of mime it like, <laughs> yeah, and I can eat, <laughs> you know, like you can mime your way through it. And so I went to Santa Monica City College for my cosmetology <laughs> license. Jill at then, you know, all, all everyone's universe churning and churning. She opened a salon, a hair salon at the time. It was called Deluxe. And she gave me a chair there so I could not ever assist and mess up a lot of people's hair. And if anyone is listening to this, that I did mess up your hair, I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. But we also had a makeup counter there and um you know we carried Stila there before it was you know it was brand new and the gorgeous cardboard boxes and the little women quotes and we were all close with Janine as well she was in our circle and mm-hmm. so I just kind of built that up and and got got to learn about customer service and listening to my clients and trying to give them what they need there. And, and so I did that for a bit. And then I, I, I went to, I really wanted to work for Mac. They were new on the scene at the time. So I got in, I moved to San Francisco for a year and then I got a job at the Nordstrom up there and then ended up opening the Shuemura counter there. So just kept sort of cobblestoning my way into suddenly kind of having a career so it was, yes, it was intentional, but I also did fall, fall. I kind of was like, oh, I like where I'm falling. So what would you say your big beauty break was? Like, I know I brought up the Maya story because it is so touching that you guys are actually like legit friends. Right, right. I mean, she, you know, I met her, she was a stylist assistant. She wasn't even performing. I mean, she was a performer. She had gone to the groundlings and stuff. She was the funniest person I'd ever met without a doubt. I mean, one of my fondest memories of her is I happened to be outside, like cleaning my, my garage and she drove by and she was like, Molly. And I was like, Maya, what's that? What are you guys doing? What are you doing? She's like, oh my God, you're not going to believe it. I'm, I got an audition at SNL and I'm going this week or whatever to like, of course you can never forget. First of all, you can't forget somebody saying I have an audition at SNL anyway. But then she goes on to become the Maya Rudolph that we all know and and worship and admire. So, yeah, we just, you know, again, like growing up in L.A., you just kind of meet the the performers and the people. And I don't know if I I, I must have a very, very loving angel guiding me and on my shoulder because I've I've fallen into these long term relationships with so many successful and um, loyal and, um, like people who want to share their path, not, not like stepping on people's faces to get to where they need to go, which also exists, of course. But, um, I don't know. I've, I've always been very attracted to like these true gems of people and, um, thank goodness they're attracted back because you're good vibes. You're good vibes. I try. I try. I'm sure my husband would have a different story to tell you all. Don't say that. That's not even remotely true. So, okay, this is a fun fact. I don't know if you know this, Molly, but if you Google your name, when your name pops up, Molly R. R. Stern, underneath it, it doesn't say makeup artist. Do you know what it says underneath? No, I'm scared. What does it say? It says actress. 
<laughs> two two t- twice nominated Emmy actress <laughs> and I was like wait hold on does Molly have a whole acting career that I was not privy to so I did oh a little digging and the reason Google says this is because you had a small role in swingers at the roller rink is this correct am I am I saying this correctly so and you were a makeup artist on set right is this true Okay, so um, in the uh, 90s, I was really into swing dancing, and the, there was a place at the time, God, this is like for the, hello, Los Angeles, I got a story <laughs> for you. <laughs> this is a place called the Derby that no longer exists, but it was the like reincarnation of the Brown Derby that was in the early, you know, 40s and 50s of, of Los Angeles. And um, I just got really into swing dancing. <laughs> it was like so fun. And I happened to be part like swing dance friends and partners with this guy, John Favreau. And I'm squealing. He, as we're swing dancing, he's like, hey, I wrote oh this script. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, cool. I've never, I've never read a script. And so he's like, want to read my script? I'm like, <laughs> Okay. And so I read his script, and of course I laughed out loud, like it was brilliant. Although we did think it was going to be a total shit show because you know that's how you are when you're like working on something. You're like this is going to suck. They don't even know that. And then of course it was like brilliant, I- iconic, major, iconic, exactly. And I I did do Heather Graham's makeup for that for that film. That was like my contribution was like, oh, I know a couple of guys who could be PAs and you know, I just it was like they literally made it out of their back pocket like gorilla style running through everywhere that they shot that that film. And um anyway, so my part in it is I am one of the dancers in the finale scene um when he's dancing with Heather Graham. I'm very very sh- pixie bleach blonded short haircut and I'm like I need to I need to watch rewatch this immediately so that I can watch your scene. Like my swing partner just this is literally my favorite story I've ever heard on this podcast. I swear to God. Like like the fact that John Favreau hold the freaking phone. Do you know that this man is responsible for the love of my life, baby Yoda? Like I know. I trust we but have you watched all the behind the scenes of that? The like making of Yes. Yes, and I'm like sobbing uncontrollably <laughs> watching it because I'm like, how did he like he came up with Baby Yoda? I know. Baby Yoda exists because of John Favreau. <laughs> like I owe this man all of my happiness. I don't think people understand this. Holy shit, Molly! Yeah, my 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 brain has literally like left my head. It's like walking around somewhere. I can't even comprehend this. Yeah, truly, that was like the best story we've heard on Los Angeles ever. That is by far the best story we've ever heard. Congratulations. <laughs> we are sending you a trophy in the mail. Thank you. Wow. Okay, how do we even follow up with that, Sarah? We can't, but we're going to, we need, we have a bunch of other questions. So I'm going to try to transition as best I can. <laughs> okay, so this is, uh, as Kirby mentioned at the top of the episode, the Emmys episode. Um, and so, you know, you have so much experience working on the red carpet and getting your clients ready for these award shows. What is your process like? Can you like walk us through what it's like being a, a Molly Stearns client? Well, um, you know, first things first is we always talk to the stylist and or designer, whatever's, you know, 
whoever's sort of taking the lead there and the hairdresser and we all kind of come together um lately like in the last couple of years it's been a lot more of like pre-game conversations which has been really fun because it adds to the creativity of it and just gets you kind of excited about it um but sometimes it's on the day of depending on and you check out the dress little chitty chat with the hairdresser what are you thinking what am i thinking what are you thinking the girl who's going to be wearing it so a lot of collaborative conversation is always the beginning then um, I'm huge on skin prep. So I love to do a lot of massaging and layer serums and moisturizers. And I, you know, love tools. Like I love the Jillian Dempsey tool, of course. Um, I'm really into this um, fascia stimulating tool by this brand called Pause Well Aging, which is actually a brand that's um, geared specifically to women who are starting to go through menopause. Um, because our hormone, we're basically back to being teenagers. And I say we, because I'm 47, almost 40, or I'm 48, almost 49. I don't even know how old I am. I'm so old. I don't even know how old I am. <laughs> but so, you know, I'm very interested in all, you know, I just want to be able to help everybody feel beautiful, even when you're freaking out and your skin is suddenly going back to adolescence, but you're a grown up. It's very weird. Anyway, they make a, um, fascia stimulating tool which I'm obsessed with and it like really makes the skin just look alive and because I feel like I can use way less makeup if I do that type of prep because then that glow that I like to think I'm able to get is really just the the woman having been stimulated and having her blood flow and waking up her muscles in her face I need that I'm definitely looking into that yeah, it's a, it is amazing. And it's for all ages, for sure. And it's a collagen rebuilding, stimulating tool. It's medical grade. I'm obsessed. With. Uh, you're speaking my language. So I will definitely be taking a look into that. Yeah, I leave it in the fridge. And you only need to do it for like five minutes a day. And it's great. So um, yeah, so that so a lot of skin prep. And then I, I dig in and I, I um, I'm, I'm the type of makeup artist, I like to start with skin. Um, even if I get a little dirt from the eyes, I'd rather clean it up. I, I just like, I, I, I view, uh, my makeup artistry a lot like how I would paint. So I, the canvas and getting the canvas prepped is really important to me. Um, and then, you know, do what needs to be done. Get a little contour going, a little highlight, a little slushy on the cheek, and then, build the eye or lip depending on what the look is um yeah you make it sound so easy <laughs> i mean when you've been doing it this long it, it is a little bit easy for me but also yeah i don't know it's it can be challenging i mean some of my clients have really been challenging at times like they you know look especially with the birth of the phone and you know just distracted or whatever i mean no no rarely does someone just like it and allow you to <laughs> do your magic you mean nobody sits still these days huh? no interesting no. you're like can you just look over? please just you know look up no the other up not the down up but the up up you know molly i have a question because i know our um listeners are going to want to know what is your best advice for cleaning up under the eye if you do get fallout from your eyeshadow after you've done your foundation do you prefer to use maybe like an eye makeup remover and water? Do you prefer to go over with like concealer? What is your best suggestion? 
So it definitely depends on how, how messy, what, you know, like what we're talking about. Um, I don't powder until the end. When I say I get my canvas right, I don't powder till the end. Um, sometimes I will put a little bit of like a, a dusting of a translucent powder under the eye, but not pressed in, just sort of loosely on top so that if I do get a couple of flakes, I can easily dust that away with like a fluffy brush. If it gets a little more like schmutzy and schmeary, like locks on your bagel, um, I will then tend to dip. I love um, cleansing water more than I like eye makeup remover. I mean, if I need an, a serious eye makeup remover for like a waterproof for changing a look really dramatically, then I'll go with an eye makeup remover mostly. Um, I really love the Cogendo cleansing water. Oh, it's so good. So just like a little, it's the best, I think, is of all the micellular waters. Yeah. So that one's my favorite. And then um, I'll dip in there. Also, somebody turned me on to these Japanese um, Q-tips that have like sticky on them. And so you can actually stick, pick up, like if you have, like, you know, sometimes you'll have a rogue glitter that you cannot remove. So this little Q-tip with sticky tape on it, and you can pick it off that way just by dabbing it. Um, that kind of works with a wet Q-tip also, just like kind of a quick dab and grab. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes I need to go back in with my concealer or my concealer brush or my foundation brush. So basically all the ways <laughs> that you would think to remove is how I, you know, depending on. No, that's great. That's great advice. Um, okay, so you have your, your fascia massage, facial massager, You've got the micellar water, uh, the Q-tips. What else is in your kit for your award shows? Oh, my God, like, everything. Must have. Everything. Yeah, I'm like, I have a real problem. I'm, I am a hoarder. I'm trying to be better, but I'm learning <laughs> after seven months in quarantine that I'm not changing that about myself at all, apparently. So I am actually a liar when I say I don't want to be a hoarder. Um, so my kit is the same way. And, and Murphy's Law, every time I've been like, I'm taking this palette out. Nobody ever wants this palette. I've been used it in six years, you know, no matter what. Do you have that palette that I used that you used on me six years ago? I took it out this morning. So I have like anxiety totally. and I have to have, I have to have everything. It's better to be prepared than not prepared. Yeah. But I, I probably use the same six pro products. Forever. Do you have like two suitcases? Like I what does like it look like? I have a large away bag is my, it's like a 70, it's like weighs 70 pounds. I never can check it as is. I always, I always are like, it's too heavy. I always have to pay more or, or swap stuff out. And I, I cannot do it. And, and then I'm also the person that's like, okay, I'm working tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to pare my kit down, you know, specifically for Reese or specifically for Maya. Like I know what I need for this face. You know, I've done it for year after year after year. I know this face. And then I'm like up till two 30 in the morning. Like I can't do it. I'm just bringing everything. I just need everything. I can't do it. I like open everything up. I spread it all out. My husband's like, Oh boy, here we go. This is it. And then it just ends in tears and me putting everything back in and I can't downsize it at all. I have a real problem. Never change. <laughs> Clearly not planning on it. So there you have it. <laughs> I want to know, you're sending clients off onto a red carpet. For me personally, I'm not strong enough to do something like that. I would be like, is there a way I can join you? Like, 
how do you get, like, what do you give to your clients and their little tiny clutches to make sure that, you know, they look presentable on the red carpet and then, you know, should they win their award or if they're presenting, they look their best. I know that there's makeup artists that, you know, like Golden Globes and Oscars have backstage just for like very simple touch-up situations, but what are you sending in like Reese's or like Maya, who is a double nominee for the Emmys this year? Like, what are you sending with her? Because chances are she's going to win. <laughs> I know. It's so true. I won't be doing her this year because it falls on Rosh Hashanah. Because even though supposedly Jews run this town, nobody cares that it's Rosh Hashanah. So. That's weird. Stop. I didn't even realize that. Molly. I know. I It's happened before, but it's been a long time that it's fallen on actual like hardcore Rosh Hashanah. So. Wow. I will be observing and, and not doing Maya this year, which is a real sad just sad for me but my my faith and family I try to put that first as often as possible um <clears throat> it had it's not always been easy but it's definitely a priority for me good for you but in general what I would send somebody off with is a lipstick always a lipstick um and so again lucky just to shout out to Armani for having every possible lipstick and every possible lip um consistency that you could possibly want. So I'm always sending them off with a lipstick because I find that's, you know, generally what needs to be touched up. And then I really like a, a blotting paper. I feel like a blotting paper is um, undervalued and underused. And it's great for a long haul for any event that you've got going on because you don't really want to load up more powder throughout the night because then you're, by the time they're in that press room, you know, talking about that they've won, you know, they can tend to look a little cakey and I'd much rather them go the other way where it's like their fresh excitement is coming through. So um, I love a blotting paper, preferably one without uh, powder on it. Like I love the Tatcha blotting papers. I think those are beautiful. And, you know, you just hit your hot spots and you're fine. Everything else stays. I mean, if people are criers, you know, I'll sometimes I'll use waterproof mascara for a big night. Um, it stays. Makeup stays. You're so right because like you can be thrown into a pool and chances are your makeup will stay, especially if you have like water resistant mascara right. or eyeliner. So listen, if we can survive being thrown in pools and all this other stuff, we don't have to really worry about makeup moving around the face. That's right. I mean, I'm sure there are situations where like I remember uh, one year, a big it was Big Little Lies one really, really big. And Reese, I could tell when she had come back out that she was like, she cried. Like she was like, whoa, we did something and this happened and we're all being honored for it. And, and but she still looked great. <laughs> so, you know, it's like these women are beautiful. Like all, all pretty much anyone that's like gotten to the place where they're, yeah, you know, they're either taking great enough care of themselves that they've figured out a way to, to um, present as like very beautiful and attractive people. You know, it's like these are they're attractive people. So even with no makeup on, they're you know they're 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 good lookers. Okay, I know this is gonna be hard, but we need you to break down your three favorite award season looks that you have created now we oh we could God. have said one which would have been obviously with your hoarding tendencies difficult thank you you see me you really see me we see <laughs> you and who you are so <laughs> what what would you say like when you look back on the work you've done what are the top three that come to mind that were either really fun 
or maybe moments that were just like, I'm always going to remember this. But award season specific, right? Not like Met, we're not going Met Gala. Well, okay, here's the thing though. You've done some epic Met Gala looks. So I, I, let's open it up. Let's do either or. This is our show, damn it. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That's right. You guys are the bosses. Um, I mean, I feel like every single Met Gala is like my favorite. I, I, I love Met Gala because especially as a like primarily celebrity makeup artist, I don't really get the chance to go out there like that. So that's really fun because everyone's pretty open for, but I guess, I guess, uh, Cara the last year with the stripes, I painted the stripes on her legs and the stripe across her nose. That was pretty one for the books for me. I, I don't know how you did that. Like, it, was there tape involved? Like, please explain to me. Because I remember seeing a video of like, I think it was you. Who did her hair? Mara. Yeah, Mara. So it was like, you, you the two of you like judging her and she's like getting ready to get out of a van or something. Like, it was like yeah. the most intense, like five seconds of Instagram video I'd ever seen in my life. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Well, because her staff had broken. Oh. She was, she had like a glitter staff. And so then we were like, just... We're like at the whatever the hotel is that we all work at uh, in New York during that. We're like, does anybody have a glue gun? And then some, like God bless her, like Looky Lou, who was in the hall, who was in the lobby, was like, I live across the street. I have a glue gun. We're like, we need it. And so she was, <laughs> she grabbed it, and we got in the car and we were like trying to hot glue the staff. And then there's fans screaming for her. Just, she's so cool because like she's such a. She loves her fans and her fans love her in, mm. in the most epic and unique way of anyone I've ever worked with. It's just like, I guess because she was like one of the first, insta, you know, or social media stars in that way. Like her fan base is totally loyal and crazy and dedicated. So then she like unrolled her window and was like talking to her fan. They were like, ah! it's pretty awesome to be on the other side of that kind of like insane love and energy that people are throwing at her but um okay so that was a great uh night for sure but I also would say that that Met Gala would be tied with um the the when she wore the like confessional thing over like underneath like her ear was gold and I was very inspired by, you know, a lot of the religious paintings and the flush of the angels and stuff. So that that whole process of like figuring out how I was going to get to interpret the the theme through through makeup, that's really, really fun. So that's sort of like always the top of it. And then award season, I guess I have to, I've had a lot of great ones with Reese, but I think probably one that is, I'm not giving you three answers. I'm giving you so many answers. Tied for first would be when she won the Oscar because that was incredible and she looked like a princess and it was just so cool to be a part and watch somebody you love so much for so long get the ultimate accolade for what they do. So that was awesome. But I think my favorite red carpet moment with her for an award show is when she wore the yellow dress, which like became, yeah, yeah like epic yeah. Nina Ricci designed by Olivier Theskin. Hands down. Um, you know, she hadn't ever looked like that before. So that was like awesome. And I kind of feel like that makeup is my, if I had to choose my favorite makeup for every human on the earth, it would be that like taupey smoke, kind of earthy tones 
pop of that like burnt lip, you know, not a classic red, but so that was, that definitely, it's cool to be a part of something that gets on the like icon radar, you know, and I feel like that look was that. And then um, I loved Maya's look last this year to, or for the Oscars, I guess, where she wore that gold or that like, oh, yeah, I don't even know how to describe that color, like orange sparkle dress. Yeah, because I did a purple eye on her. Oh, my God. Yes, I love this dress. And I, I remember seeing it. So it's it was a dress, but it looks like a cape at the same time. Yeah. Um, it has like wider arms to it. Um, it's this like beautiful, like burnt orange, sparkly color. And then her eyes, like the thing that you notice on her face, she just looks so fresh. But then she has this like really beautiful purple yeah. on, which I think complemented her look perfectly. Thank you. Well, I was like very gung ho on it. When I saw the picture of the dress, I saw it from the re- from the runway, the, you know, and then uh-huh. there was an outfit behind it that had like a bright purple feather, but you couldn't really, but I, so that's where I got the inspiration. I was like, Ooh, God, those colors together look amazing. And then when I got there, everybody was so scared of me and they were like, mm, I don't know. And the dress is a lot and I'm not sure. And I'm like, well, we could totally go like, you know, goldeny bronzy eye too, you know, like even to the point that I did one purple and one bronzy eye because nobody was convinced. Yeah, it looks incredible. And, and then, of course, the purple prevailed. I convinced them. <laughs> it was so gorgeous. It just looked great. It was just so great. So that felt like a, right. you know, pretty exciting. Like even even to this day, there's sometimes we're like, no, I, I have a vision and I know it. I know it's right. And I mean, luckily, I work with people that love me and trust me and you know but even even needing to be pushed to the end and then at the end everybody's like oh my god the purple eye was so great what a good move we're so glad we did the purple eye you want them to look their like their most beautiful version of themselves you're not going to send them off looking crazy well yeah it's not like you're gonna be like doing like tammy faye baker purple eyeshadow on you know maya rudolph like you're doing it in taste in good taste Obvi. Right, right. Well, that sometimes I've had to convince my clients of that. Of like, you know, I'm literally being paid to make sure that you look good. Like, that's my only job is to make sure you look good. So I promise I will not send you out. But you know, that that's that's I think why the whole love yourself thing became such a an important mantra for me and something that I am like pushing hard for it's because it just doesn't matter how amazing your makeup artist is or how fabulous your dress is or how much you've worked out or how much you've starved yourself or how many pairs of Spanx you're wearing. Like if you feel icky on the inside and you have, you know, a bad relationship with how you want to carry yourself or how you want to present, um, none of it matters. Like you can be the most beautiful, glamorous, gorgeous woman and look in the mirror and be like, I feel like shit because I feel like I feel bad because the feeling is the more, is way more important than whatever, uh, you know, surface work we do. In addition to all these fabulous, you know, red carpet events that you've worked on, um, you also obviously work on a lot of TV shows and Big Little Lies, The Morning Show, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, 
can you tell us what is what is it like to work on these shows and like maybe what is the biggest difference between doing makeup for a red carpet and doing makeup for tv like how do your concerns shift um well the the one thing that all those shows that you mentioned have in common is reese witherspoon who is um you know i mean what talk about luck like meeting her when i met her and and the fact that our friendship and personalities have been able to grow and evolve and still have room for each other which is really awesome and unique and special and she has given me so many opportunities that's way too many to count so working on those shows i owe completely to her and her amazing leadership and being an amazing producer and and of course amazing actor i think the biggest difference between red carpet work and television work is continuity being aware of what you're doing has to be repeated and most cases you know you film out of sequence so you might shoot a portion of a scene on tuesday the 12th and then not get to the rest of that scene till the 30th of the following month and so you really need to be able to match what you've done and so for me the creativity has to be pared down a little bit so that it's not like you know oh in this moment my creativity is one thing but I not necessarily can be matched on a different day because you can't really bottle creativity like that it's just creativity in its definition has a flow to it so I think there's a little bit more of like a pragmatic for me there's a little more of a pragmatic um, approach to the look and then just making sure that I can duplicate it however many times I'll need to duplicate it. That is such a good point. Are you taking, I'm guessing there has to be like photos. Um, you're like literally writing out every, like almost like face mapping, making sure that you're writing down every exact product. Um, is there anything else you do just to make sure or is it pretty pretty simple in that regard? Yeah, a lot of photos, a lot of notes, um, not, not assuming anything like, oh, I'll remember I did that, like really detailed notes really detailed photos. Um, I rely really heavily on the costumer because they are really meticulous. Uh, she works with this amazing woman named Mitzi who's just like, I would have failed at every one of those shows if it wasn't for Mitzi, like cross-referencing. And is this the same? And wait, is this after she cried or is this before she cried? And, you know, like Mitzi was just like, my Mitzi was my Bible. but. Um, yeah, just really diligent notes. And and if you don't have the notes counting on someone else's diligent notes. People don't realize how important that is, like the continuity. Because I feel like I've watched some shows before or movies where like you notice it. And if I notice it, just well, it really takes you out of it. Right. Because you just like and maybe it's because, you know, we all I love the hair and makeup and it's what I'm looking at but like you notice it and then you're like yeah why does her hair look so different than the last scene which then just throw yeah like you said just throws you out of it and then it sucks but right because you're like invested in the character and then all of a sudden you're like oh Reese's hair looks weird right and suddenly she's not you know her character for a minute and then that takes you out of the like getting lost in the show. My favorite example of that is The Breakfast Club. Molly Ringwald's hair in every single scene is totally different. <laughs> like one scene she's got it brushed over here and the next scene she's got it brushed over here. I mean, 
I didn't take me out of it. I still love that right. movie, but but you notice, you it. know, that's a great example. Yeah, it's a great example of like, wow, that is not good continuity. Well, I've <laughs> never, I've always just gotten lost in the character in, in all of these shows. So you've done an incredible job. I've never noticed awesome. anything. I mean, I notice how beautiful she is, but that's about it. Thank you. I, I also, um, it's important to mention, and I think the reason the continuity is so important also is. Uh, for for a lot of the jobs, Reese would um, honor that I needed to leave early on Fridays to be with my family for Shabbat. So um, on all of those shows, I shared the responsibility of Reese um, with the, she was the department head. Her name's Tracy Levy. And um, she's a seasoned film and television makeup artist. And you know, was always right there to like come in and, and match what I had done or, you know, anything. So, I mean, it, it isn't any category, but mo- it's such, so much about the teamwork on a, on a television or film set. Um, it's just like, you need the people that can support you to do your best. I love that they made sure to accommodate for that for you. Um, because I know that's definitely not normal at all. Definitely. No, definitely not normal. The long-term relationship, friendship there was a real help for that priority for me. (laughs) You might have had some pull there with that friendship. Um, Yeah. Okay. So we are nearing the end of this lovely interview. Honestly, we could talk to you for a good three more hours if we needed to or wanted to, which we do. But sadly, we know you have a life um, and you have work to get to. But before we get into our speed round, I did want to talk about the process for this year. So you're not working the Emmys. How have things changed? Because they're still planning on like, you know, cutting the people at their homes or wherever they're supposed to be. Like Jimmy Kimmel's like, we're going to make this the best that it possibly can be. So I'm curious, like, have you heard anything? Are people really still going all out like are they still getting the gowns and and getting their hair and makeup done or is it a little bit more subdued like have you gotten any intel on i really that? haven't i've heard i mean the only thing i've heard is that they were like planning to send lighting rigs and crews to each i don't know if it's nominee or winner or what uh, i'm not not like my category obviously like i'm talking about the big show like they don't even give our awards out on the big show <laughs> Is so rude. So, <laughs> so they weren't like offering to send me anything is my point. It's only about the like, you know, the, the gals in front of the camp. We'll talk to Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> about that. Okay. We'll give him a call. We'll let him know what's Thank up. Thank you. Yes. We need to sign a petition. But um, yeah, so I know they were going to send, you know, that they're sending crews, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to be wearing gowns. I don't know how I feel about it. If people should even be wearing gowns. I mean, I know that we're all like desperate and love entertainment. And even in the wake of this serious stuff that's going on, it's really important to laugh and be oohed and odd, but I don't know. Is it too soon for a gown? What What do you girls think? That's such a great question, Molly. Like I, I, I was trying to think about this because I love award shows. I get like, I like get emotional watching award shows. I cry every effing time. I can't help it. I like envision seeing myself. So I like get a little emo. But like, we're all, I mean, I'm sitting here in a robe with like a full face of makeup talking to you. I can't imagine like seeing like Jennifer Aniston and like a Tom Ford, like, f- like just sitting at her home or like standing at like a 
Like, where is she going to, like, if she wins, like, is she standing there, like, holding something? Like, right, it, it, right. I feel like it needs to be more authentic. Like, I'd love to see them in, like, cute suits or yep. something or, like, something that just looks a little bit more put together and they did their maybe own hair and makeup or, like, they did something that looks natural, not too glam. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know what I want. I totally agree. I think that I would personally, like, want my hair and makeup to still look you know really good but as far as like what I'm wearing yeah I think that this is like their opportunity to show their like more fun casual side you know throw some you know like like you said like a fun suit or whatever because let's be honest no one's gonna like shoes no one cares like you could probably be wearing your slippers it's fine or maybe that everyone just like I mean that would be right that would be funny. Like, give me, give me Julia Louis Dreyfus in a gown, but in her like UGG slippers. Yes, you totally. Know, like that. I, I and I do think that comedians will shine through as they always do. You know what I mean? Of like putting it together and it being tonally, you know, on point. I mean, I miss a gown. I love a gown. I did. I did. I finally got you know one measly job. Now I had like a job. <laughs> couple couple of a little while ago and it was all like really super um high highfalutin fashion and it was fun it was so fun to see it and be there for it and behind my mask and behind my shield and but it was fun I missed it like it felt good to be frivolous for a minute and look at like oh my god these like incredible gowns are amazing so I do miss it but I also just we're still in it we're still really really in it and so I feel like we need to be mindful of that and not to be like, oh, great, we're Hollywood. We're going to throw on a sequence. I think it's a very fine line. Like you said, we're still in this pandemic and it would almost be too much to see people like flaunting like their riches or what, you know what I mean? Like people were already getting sick and tired of seeing Ellen doing her show from like her mansion and wherever it is. You know what I mean? Like... I think people are like, cool, I'm suffering and this whole other category of people doesn't, is not even like remotely affected by it. So there is a very fine line and I'm very interested to see, you know, even, even with the MTV VMAs, I, I, it was a good form of escapism. I was like, oh, this feels normal. Like finally, like something that I'm used to happening at the same time every year is happening and there are people dressed up in cool ways and Lady Gaga is singing her ass off like great totally that's what I want I think this is going to be good for the Emmys ratings I think because people are so you know just needing to like you said this escapism like everyone's gonna watch and tune in and see how they do it too how it's produced I'm really curious. And I also I also want to say, like, I, I think escapism and, like, that's what entertainment is for. I mean, that's why we love entertainment, whether it's, oh, I love a scary movie because it makes me feel crazy or, you know, I love an award show because I love the glam and the glitz. So, I you know, I, I, do, I certainly am open to to entertainment and, and, and that escapism. I just I just think people have to be, you know, careful about exactly what you said like if if he veers off too much and you're like wait I haven't worked in seven months and you have you know $250,000 worth of or or more you know if we're getting into jewelry or anything like that you're like what the heck am I looking at so I don't know strange times strange strange times we can all agree on that for sure <laughs> yes I'm glad it's Rosh Hashanah yeah. <laughs> you're like I don't gotta worry about it 
I'm going to be observing. Okay. Speed round time. So okay. we, we've been doing this like the past couple of episodes with our guests. It's been very well received. So I think we're going to keep doing it. Okay, Molly, are you ready for the speed round? Nervous, but let's do it. <laughs> Don't be nervous. You're going to nail it. Okay. There's nothing to nail. It's literally just whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who is a client you have never worked with but aspire to work with? Beyonce. Duh. Mm. Oh, my God. Let's let's make that happen. Can we just talk about Beyonce from now on only? I mean, the queen. She's freaking epic. <laughs> let's find a day where Sir John is busy doing something on vacation. We'll slip you in there. She's just such a goddess. Okay. Uh, okay. Is there like a makeup look that you don't love doing? I'm not like a baker. I don't know how to really execute that theater makeup. That's not for me. I'm the wrong makeup artist for that job. What is the key to keeping oily skin under control for photos? Um, I like a mattifying primer for someone who's got really oily skin. Um, I also love a blotting paper for someone who's got oily skin because it just cuts the shine immediately. But yeah, a mattifying primer. I do love that um, Armani uh, Neo Nude primer. I think it's amazing and totally mattifying. Um, yeah, I think a mattifying primer and papers. You have five minutes to get a client ready. What are you putting on them? Lipstick and blush. Oh, not what I thought you were going to say, girl. But that makes sense. (laughs) Really? Because you want to brighten up the face, give them a little something, something. Lip is great because it's um, distracting. Yes. Right? Yep. So whatever else is going on, I remember a long time ago, I saw this woman, she came to a, like, we were out, it was an, a night out. And I could tell that she had no mascara on, no eyebrows on, no, she just like, and she was blonde. So she was pretty fair, but she had this gorgeous red lip and she looked so modern and beautiful. And so the lip is great because it just causes, if you get a great lip on, you've got you know, and then cheeks are my desert island. I oh, I can't live without it. I love this answer. I'm subscribed to this. Okay, what is your best tip for covering up a blemish? The only way to cover a blemish is to use a very tiny, 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 like like liquid eyeliner brush, so that you can just cover the red problem and not put a big blob of concealer over it which then highlights the area around it and then ends up making the situation worse so to me it's all about micro yeah micro precision there micro concealing did we just like micro create a trend i never thought of that yeah it really works it's so and when you realize it you're like wait why have i been using a huge concealer brush to cover up a tiny blemish yeah, it's like you spot it, then you can like pat it down and eliminate any discoloration and then a little powder over it and forget it. it's gone. You don't see it for the whole day. Brilliant. Brilliant. Genius. Ooh, ooh, do you want to ask this one, Kurt? No, you get to ask it. Do you want to ask it? Okay. All right. What are you doing if you win on Emmy's night? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not going to win, guys. I'm going to just tell you. But I'm up against euphoria. Hello. Euphoria was like a makeup. Okay, well, you're being humble and very kind, but let's pretend you win. What are you doing? Okay, okay. Gosh, um, 
honestly, the whole thing is, is so, it's so, it's something I never imagined that I would even be able to add to my resume. Um, I mean, I guess I would drink some champagne. I do love champagne. And um, I, I'd, I'd be pretty psyched. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I think we're going to have to create a sash to send over. Um, we're going to have to like have a personal security guard at your back and call to make sure that you're completely taken care of and protected and champagne regardless, because you got nominated and yes, you deserve it twice. Two time Emmy nominee. Incredible. Good night. Children. It's your mother. Your two time (laughs) Emmy nominated mother. Molly, you're going to need to write a book, like a memoir. You have incredible stories. You're so effing funny. I can't even stand it. And you have given us so many wonderful gifts this interview, namely being John Favreau. Holy crap. What a name drop. That is the most epic name drop I've literally ever. And you didn't even do it on purpose. You're like, my swing dance dance with like, what are the hell? (laughs) Oh my God. Molly, we love you. Thank you so much for coming on Los Angeles. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Thank you, you guys. Where can our listeners find more of you on the internet? I really do invest my time into my Instagram. I, that's the main spot. I'm trying to build a website, but <laughs> put it on the, put it in the, anyway, I'll get there. But um, yeah, Mo- Molly R. Stern on Instagram is where I put lots of love and energy and um, hope to encourage people to feel better about themselves. That's really all I want people to feel. So just love themselves a little bit more. Little Glamgelinos, how much did you love this interview with Molly? She's such a delight. If you want more of Molly, you can visit our website at glossangelespod.com. We will have all of her product recs there. Literally anything she mentioned, it'll be linked so you can look it up for yourself. You can also find us on social media. You can find us on social media at Los Angeles Pod on Instagram and Twitter and join our Facebook group. If you need a recommendation, I guarantee you our Glam Julinos in the Facebook group have you covered. Check it out and we will talk to you on Tuesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 